Ben. I'm going to read our scripture for today. It's coming right out of John 15. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine. My father, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Now remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. And such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything. So he's gone from you can do nothing to now anything. The possibilities with God are endless. You may ask anything and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. We are wrapping up a series called Open House where we're looking at the areas, the, the, the places, the junk drawers, the closets, the messy rooms in our house and allowing God access into those areas to say, hey, I think I can use that. Hey, I think there's something there to be, uh, to be used. So I want to set you free. This, the subtitle of this series is uh, Living Free Because There's Nothing to Hide. And today we're going to be talking about that area of technology, your phone. We're going to talk about iPads, screens, TVs, and how do we deal with this. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, I'm so glad my friend is here or my spouse is here. I'm so glad my teenager is in the room. All right. But before we start elbowing and nudging, um, I want you to turn to your neighbor. All right. Pick one of the people next to you. Just pick one of them. And, and repeat after me, say, this message is for me. All right, no elbow. Now turn to your second choice, turn to your second choice, your other neighbor you feel like they're and say, this message is for you. All right, you got it. Hey, say hello to about three or four people. Welcome them. Just say, glad you are here and, uh, and welcome a few people in, in the house. Want to welcome in our Freedom Church, our online family as well. Uh, we have uh, people who are joining us in on, on the live stream. They're having a conversation on uh, pro tips. Give us a pro tip on how you battle uh, dealing with uh, screens and, and screen addictions. Um, each of you got one of these when you, when you came in or when you sat down. This is an invite card to Easter. And so as a church family, uh, we're asking everybody, take one of these and just pray over it to see, hey, who does God want to uh, me to invite? Uh, who does God want me to uh, uh, invite to Easter Sunday and, and see just what God wants to do? Whether or not they actually come, that's not, we have no control over that. I just ask us as a church, can you just pray and allow God to speak? And if he says, hey, you need to invite your coworker or hey, you need to invite that, that the waiter or whoever that you come across, your neighbor, uh, would you be willing to be able to say yes to that and just and just see what God does? We have seen God work. I think last year 
I was blown away. Uh, we gave the, the gospel invitation at Easter last year, and we had 10 people respond to the gospel on Easter Sunday. And, and so I, I share the gospel every single week, but there's something about Easter Sunday. God moves and stirs, and when we just recognize there's, there are certain Sundays on the year, on the calendar, where people are going to get saved. And, and as a church body, we're doing that individually, but collectively just we'll be praying and over that service. Um, and just whether God saves zero people, one person, we're still going to worship Jesus no matter what, 10 people or more, uh, but we'll give him the glory. Um, how many of you know somebody who is on their phone or on a video game or on a screen like all the time? How many of you know somebody who, who does that? So no pointing, no pointing, no pointing. All right, try to keep it nice in here. Um, listen, I am going, this is a hard message for me to preach because I struggle so, so terribly bad with this. I'm working, I have gotten better. But before you're like, oh, pastor just stepped all over my toes. I, I'm stepping all over mine and dancing on them and the, the whole nine yards on this thing. Uh, at the same time, as I as I talk about this, I have been praying that I do not come across as just like trying to just pound people into the ground and guilt and shame. I want to talk about a very real and practical subject today and, and shed some light, give us a little bit of hope and encouragement. I will also say this, if you don't, if you don't struggle with this, you probably do know somebody who, who does. So this, this, this message, this idea of battling screens, uh, it, it, we all resonated with it on some way shape or form because i did talk to a few of my friends and they're like mike i don't even have a phone i don't own one i'm like good for you way to go stay strong you know but we also know other people probably within our family that do and we all we all kind of struggle with this we're all in this together carrie newhoff a, a pastor he said this he says like money social media uh or or phones they're great servants but horrible masters and, and they can easily move from servant to master and be very controlling in our lives. Uh, for me as a pastor, I'm, I have a computer science background. I love technology. Freedom Church, a big part of our model as a church to reach this community, to, to, to love on people and, and make disciples and take next steps of faith is with the online uh, community. I'm not giving it up. So this isn't a message of advocating Oh my gosh, I hate phones and burn them all. No, 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 no. I'm going to try to do it and leverage it in a healthy way. And, and so to me, we will leverage technology all day long um, as a church body. I, I quite honestly, I believe we can reach Los Alamos uh, and, and get the gospel out and help people meet Jesus um, through our on, more people through our online than we can just right here physically in-house. I'm for both, okay, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and if we leverage them well and do it in a healthy way, it can, it can do that. Um, but this is something, too, that I know when, when we talk about this, the tension's there, because some of you right now are haunted by this thing. You, you cut, we already know, well, I want to use it less, all right? But you are haunted by the way that this has trapped you or a family member and you have very legit concerns of can this ever change can i ever overcome this addiction can they ever overcome this because it is just dominating your life 
This wrecks marriages. This, this destroys relationships uh, with our kids. We want to have a great relationship with our kid, but we don't feel present. Uh, it, there's so much that we can do more efficiently and effectively on the phone. I mean, let's admit it, it's fun. It, it's got, you got so much on one little device and there's so many things that it can bring. I mean, I, I'm watching basketball on here yesterday and just I, all this super cool stuff that you could never do. And at the same time, this thing causes so much anxiety and it causes so much stress and so much distraction and so much loneliness along with it. There's things that I love and there's things that I loathe about this thing. Uh, as I was prepping, I did seven ways to know if you're addicted. So if you want to know, hey, if I'm, am I addicted to my phone? Am I addicted to screens? I came up with Mike Briggs' top seven ways to know if you're addicted. And so we'll just go through the list. Number seven, your communication with someone consists solely of sharing TikToks, memes, or reels uh, back and forth with someone. Um, you might be addicted. Uh, you might be addicted, number six, is if your pet has its own Instagram page. Am I, am I preaching to anybody in the room today? Anybody? No? All right. Um, number five, you're angry at somebody or you've been angry at someone because they're using the charger when you have low battery and you are fighting over that thing. How dare they? My battery on my phone is more important than yours. I have the lower percentage. I need it more. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I know we have that in our house sometimes. Um, where did that charger go? Number four, you catch yourself shopping on your phone and on your laptop computer at the same time. We're just trying to find the best deals and 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 multitasking uh, with the way that we shop. Number three, way to know you're addicted. You are excited to go to the bathroom so you can get to the next level on your favorite game. Anybody, anybody. All right. Number two, your legs fall asleep while sitting on the toilet trying to get to the next level on your favorite game. All right. And uh, number, number one way to know that you might be addicted, you have serious concerns about how you will spend your free time in heaven. I mean, what are we going to do? I need my phone. I need my screen. I'm having a little bit of fun with that. What, is, what in the world does this have to do with Jesus being the vine and I am the branch? And here we are talking about uh, uh, cell phones and screens. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, away from me, you can do nothing. What does this have to do with my cell phone? Has anyone ever lost their cell phone? Has anyone ever been apart from their cell phone? All right. Okay. I don't know much about vineyards. Okay. I do not know much about growing grapes and vines and this sort of stuff. Jesus is using a metaphor about this relationship. But I do know what it's like to be away from my phone. There's actually a term for what you're feeling when you think when you have this happen. It's called nomophobia. It's an actual legit word, nomophobia. It is fear of being away from your phone, of not knowing where it's at, losing your phone, not being next to it, and being detached. It's an it's a, it's a actual real condition. That's what you feel. I don't know much about vineyards. I don't know much about farming, but I know what it's like to, to, to be detached and to be away from my phone. 
to feel like I can't even focus on the relationship or the person that I'm having a conversation with because I have my $700 piece of technology and I don't know where it's at right now. I would like to be, I would feel a lot more better and a lot more calm if I knew where my phone was at. I've left it somewhere. I've lost it. I feel powerless. Now I'm irritable. I'm starting to blame other people and say, where did you put it? You hid it somewhere. I'm getting after my kids and being all real because I'm away from my phone. I don't, I don't know much about knowing how ripe a grape is and how to do all these things, but I also know that my default Whenever there's silence, whenever there's nothing to do, my default is to reach over, to grab, and to scroll. I, I know what it's like for the first thing in the morning and the last thing right before I go to bed at night is to reach over and grab my phone and just check on what's happening for the day. I know if I leave home, and I have forgotten my phone, and I drive to work and I realize, oh, I left it somewhere. I know what it's like to say, you know what? I can't do anything else for the day. I got to go back and I got to get my phone. I don't know much about vineyards and how to grow grapes. I'm not much of a farmer, but I know what it's like when I'm traveling with my wife and we're going shopping or we're going somewhere else and she's going to go to the store and go do her shopping thing, which she does. And the thing that I ask is, hey, go have fun. And do you have your phone? Because at some point I'm going to get lost or I'm not going to know where she's at. And I want to make sure, do you have your device with you so we can stay connected? I know what it's like when we don't have power. I know what it's like when Los Alamos loses power and we don't have any sort of cell phone signal or Wi-Fi signal. And we think it's the end of the world in this community because we're like, did something happen because there's no connection? What in the world does this verse have to do with me and my cell phone? I think you get the picture of what Jesus might be trying to communicate to the people in his community at that time. Remain in me. And I'm going to remain in you. Stay connected with me. Because apart from me, you cannot do anything. You want fruit in your life. We got to stay connected. I don't know what vineyards look like. I don't know what they would look like to be connected to you, Jesus. This analogy doesn't make sense. Oh, you know what it is like to stay connected to something every 10 minutes. Every hour of the day, I got to check it. First thing in the morning, last thing, I got to make sure the people around me have their device and it's powered up and on so we can stay connected. You know what it's like to go back to this thing and back to this thing and back to this thing and remain and abide in it. I think Jesus wants that for us. The way we stay connected with God in our relationship is much like our, our relationship with our phone. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. I feel powerless without it. I can't go a day, an hour without Jesus in my life. I need it. What do we do if we're on this too much? What do we do if we are struggling with an addiction where our attachment to our phone is kind of that high place that we were talking about? What Jesus says, he goes, hey, the ones that the Father loves, 
the ones the ones that are already his disciples he says hey there's there's certain branches that are withered and dying all right but there's other ones that are living and the gardener comes in and he prunes them today's a little bit of a pruning for us pruning stinks but it is always to bear more fruit so how do we how do we confront this how do i confront myself all right i'm not talking about the other people how do I confront myself and my own addictions? Well, first thing is humility. And this might be a good one to take some notes today. Humility. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Well, I can do a lot of things, but he's saying spiritually speaking, eternally speaking, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. That's a pretty humbling statement. I, I did the Greek research on that word, nothing. You know what it means? Nothing. <laughs> it's pretty clear, pretty black and white. I'm not God. There, there is a, a part of this that just says, I'm not God. I'm powerless. I can't control it. I have no control over, over really any, anything. I think I do sometimes. But a big part is just having this humility to say, I am God. Jesus said it like this in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who know spiritually they are bankrupt. You're bringing nothing to the table. All right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. One of the things that we got to know in this and saying that I'm not God is that I was never meant. Part of the reason why this gives you so much anxiety and stress and worry you were never meant to be all-knowing. Humans are not meant to be all-knowing. And this is a device where it comes pretty darn close. Whatever you want to know, whenever you want to know it, you have access to it. And you have to understand your mind, your, the way God wired you and created was to not know all the things. And you, you are some brilliant minds. You guys know a lot of things. But I don't, we got to understand how dangerous that is. Even back in the garden. Genesis chapter 2, you must not eat from the, the tree of what? Knowledge. Knowledge isn't bad. But you were, God is the only being that is supposed to be all-knowing. And sometimes I think we, this thing, the reason it causes so much stress is we've replaced ourselves. Humility. If I'm, if I'm going to battle and confront myself on this, I need to be humble. Second thing is, I need to call it what it is. I need to acknowledge what is actually happening and what is taking place. He says, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like useless branch and withers. Now, don't overanalyze this analogy, okay? some people will read this and say, oh, God's saying I can lose my salvation. He's going to throw me into hell. Uh, no, no. That's a, that's a stretch and a reach. You got to read the rest of the scriptures and read exactly what Jesus says on this sort of stuff. I'm, I'm not going to jump onto that tangent. If you just took this one verse, it'd be like, oh my gosh, God's going to throw me away and cut me off and burn me up. No, that's not exactly what he's saying. He's just like, hey, listen, it's, it's not worth anything. These other actions are useless. Only when you remain in Jesus can you have the opportunity to start bearing fruit. So <clears throat> I need to recognize 
and call out what is actually taking place in my life. Fortunately for me, I have an amazing wife who can call me out on stuff, but I also have seven-year-old and a 10-year-old boy in my house who kids, they just say the most honest and raw things. And so the word, the phrase that is tossed around, especially in COVID was, dad, you're hypnotized. I'm like, I'm not hypnotized. You're hypnotized. And, and it, it, you're hypnotized again. You're hypnotized by your phone. I'm like, you're not going I don't want to admit. I don't want to call it what it is. I hate it. I'm so angry and irritable and frustrated at them because they are calling it for what it is. You're hypnotized. I got to be humble. So when we start to call it what it is, I can call it what it is. Read, I think in counseling terms, it's called radical acceptance. The quicker I can get out of denial and radically accept that this is what this is, the quicker I can start getting better. If you are in denial, you're not going to get better. Let's call it, call it what it is. Because we, t- we tend to be like, hey, uh, well, it's, I don't have a problem. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, I can, I can quit anytime I want. Stop, stop making that. It's, you know, oh, oh, oh I don't know. No. I need it for work. I'm doing work. I, I heard a guy that it, this helped me in COVID, and I didn't actually ever do this, but it resonated with me and still does today because we all had to work from home. Well, I got seven and 10-year-old boys. They, they don't know when I'm working, when I'm playing, or when I'm doing whatever. I'm just hypnotized, right? He said, if you're doing work, you might as well just put on the full suit and the tie and button it up so everybody, you're sitting in the same room with everyone, but you might as well make it clear on what you're doing because nobody else can read what's going on. Like, suit up if you're, if you're doing work. Don't try to do both. And I learned that I can't do both. Call it what it is. This is hurting my marriage. Call it what it is. My intimacy with God is down the tubes, but I love this thing. Call it what it is. This thing distracts me from my kids. It, we got to be able to, to acknowledge it. Third thing is ask. I think Siri's trying to look something up while I'm trying to talk. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, ask, is this getting me what I want? Third, ask a question. So first, humility. Second, acknowledge. Three, ask, is this getting me what I want? Well, what do you want? What is it that you want? If this is distracting you and and causing separation between you and your spouse, what do you want with your spouse? My guess is connection. I want to be connected with my spouse. This thing is designed in such a way, social media is designed in such a way, it is a guaranteed outcome. Every time I get on this thing, it is designed and developed to bring pleasure, to hit the sensors and give me dopamine hit after dopamine hit, and just enough to ride it to where I'm on this ride and enjoying, and I know what I'm going to get. If you took my phone, you probably wouldn't like it so much because the websites that I go to, 
the, the social media posts that I like, the TikToks and Reels are not going to be, this is all for me, baby. This thing is all 100% about me and it, and it is very sat satisfying. Now, I love my wife and I want to connect with my wife. At the same time, when I start to dialogue and open up, sometimes that doesn't always go the way that I planned it to go in my head. I want to say something or do something and share something and then it ends up in a big fight for the night and we're not each other's favorite person. The guy, the, the, in a context of a relationship, in the context of a relationship, it's not a guaranteed outcome. In fact, within the home sometimes, it may not be the most fun place to be in. But you know what is fun? And you know what's a guaranteed outcome? You know what's going to bring and hit those dopamine sensors in my brain and get me excited? Is this right here. So what do we do? What do we do? Our brain likes easy. Our brain likes simple. Relationships are hard. Intimacy is hard. Connection is hard. And it can be oh so great, but it is hard. And so sometimes we just go to the default thing and plug this in. Call it what it is. What do you want? I want connection. Well, you're going to have to do some hard things. You got a person laying in bed right next to you who's lonely and wants a conversation. You want the same thing. At some point, someone's got to put it down and talk. I want presence with my kids, not presence like gifts. I want to be present with my boys. I want to be present with them. But I find that I'm doing work. Or just a second, I'm doing this, or I'm just checking that, or in a second, or in a minute, and I'm missing the presence. What do I want? I want to be present with my boys and enjoy my time with them. And I get distracted. I'm here, but I'm not here. Is this getting me what I want? I, you know what I want, Mike? I want sleep. I want rest. And when I, when I lay my head down on the pillow too often, I reach for this and an hour has gone by scrolling on things. And now I feel guilt and shame because the one thing I need is sleep. And I've just gotten on this thing and an hour just blew right by. And now I'm up too late and it's going gonna, it's gonna to jack with me for the rest of the day. I want rest. Is this getting me what I want? I will tell you this. I did a sermon a couple weeks ago on another thing that I struggle with, busyness, hurry, just always on the go, always doing. And I just want to escape. I want rest. I want, I, want a, I want a Sabbath. I want to rest. But they're finding out more and more and more and more. Anything on a screen really is not giving you that rest that fills you up. Netflix, you, I, I love a movie just as much as anyone else. I love watching shows and watching basketball, but any with the thing with the screen is not really filling me up with joy. Yes, I'm resting and sitting and physically not doing anything, but it's not filling me up. It's at best a distraction. Call it what it is. It's a distraction. It is not rest. What do I want? What do I want? Spiritually, I want to bear fruit. I want a relationship with God. I want to do things that matter. Is this getting me what I want? Again, I'm not advocating for just total, just burning these things and getting away. I want a healthy relationship with this. But I got I to gotta be humble. I got to acknowledge what is this and what do I want? 
And the fourth thing is, this is where the pruning comes in, surrender. He prunes every branch that do not bear fruit so they will produce even more. What is God calling you to do here? We want healthy branches. We want healthy relationships. We want a healthy relationship with God. Practically speaking, um, I could share a whole bunch on this. I'll just give you a few. All right, a few little pro tips. If you're like, well, what can I do? I need something practical. One is there's this button. I, many of you, you may not have ever used it before. You don't may even know if it exists. But if you just press it and hold it, actually, you got to press both of these on the iPhone. Um, yeah, after a few seconds, it says swipe to turn off. It's pretty amazing. When you do that, it actually turns off. All right, nothing's going to come through. That's practical number one. Uh, number two, there's a there's a thing on here. Maybe you can't turn it off. I love it. This has been the actual the most helpful thing. There's a thing called sleep mode on here, and I'll turn it on sleep mode. No notifications come through. Nothing. Notifications is my number one enemy. All right. So I will turn it on sleep mode. There's no buzz. There's no ring. There's even when you get a text message. It won't show up with the little red thing on there showing you got a text message, nothing on the banner, nothing. And I check the messages when I check the messages, and, and then that's it. Sleep mode is amazing. You can also set it on there. So for Rita, she's the only one that makes it through on sleep mode. I can I can set an exclusion for her so when she calls, boom, she, she comes in. But ain't none of y'all making it through on sleep mode. Uh, distractions, it's, it's notifications. Sometimes I just can't do that. Now I realize some of you guys go into work and you got, you can't take phones in, but you got other devices that distract and those sorts of things. There's, there's ways that you can limit this thing. Physical separation. Sociologists would just say your level of stress and anxiety is up just with this thing being in the same room with you. So even if I do have it on sleep mode, but it's near the room with me, I'm wondering, Hey, did someone message me? Hey, did someone message me? Hey, did someone message me? So sometimes this has got to be second floor or in the car or just somewhere out of the room. Otherwise, it's still a distraction. My brain is still connected with this thing. All right. Surrender. What is God calling you to do here? What is he calling you to do here? Is there a conversation that you need to have that says, hey, I, I need some help? It's okay to say I need some help. This, what I talked about, humility, what I talked about, in, in acknowledging getting out of denial, what I talked about is just saying, is this getting me what I want and surrender? This, has, this is to do with our phone, but this is anything you are addicted to. This is, this is any addiction, whether it be a drink, whether it be an attitude, whether it be a drug, whether it be sex. If you are stuck on something, you have to, you have to be humble. You got to get out of denial, call it what it is. Ask, what do I want? Is this getting me what I want? And then being able to surrender and say, God, what do you want me to do here? Because you are pruning me, a healthy branch, so that I can produce even more fruit. There's something on the other side here. If you allow God to speak into your life, what do you want me to do? He says, if you remain in me, stay attached to Jesus, just like you stay attached to your phone, and my words remain in you, you may ask for, say this with me, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings 
great glory to my Father. All right, so I know we've, we're bashing on this thing. I want you to do me a favor. We're going to do a quick little illustration as we close out. All right, turn my phone off. Everybody, get your phone out. Turn your phone on. All right, and then uh, hold it up and turn on your flashlight. Turn on your flashlight, all right? Look at this. Look at this. It's going to take my, my phone a second to get turned on because I did turn it off. Everyone got your flashlight on? Go ahead. You can wave around. All right. There you go. Look at you guys. Looking so good. Following rules and everything. Um, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I got to take a picture of this. Look at you guys. There you go. It's all blurry. All right. Now, what I want you to do um, as we're looking at this, I, I feel like, hey, this is what, uh, what God wants us to do. He called us, go out, be a light, shine, shine bright. Now, as I have my, my flashlight on, now I want you to open up your camera app and turn it on to selfie mode. So, so get your camera out, open up your camera, and then turn it to selfie mode. And we'll know when you got it on selfie mode, notice what happened to everybody's light. They went off. What kind of messed up? <laughs> ruining my illustration. You're ruining my illustration, all you new technology people. We got someone in the back, they got theirs on too. By design, for most of them, you must be some off-brand Android or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> By design, God's called you to go be a light. But as soon as we go selfie mode, that light goes out. We're not shining out on other people like we need to be. Why? Because all of the focus is in on us. He says he prunes the branches so they can bear more fruit. And when they produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory, not to us, but to our Father, to him. God has something great for your life. I don't know what it is. Like, he loves you. That's great enough. But he's called you and I to be on mission with him, to go and, and represent him to the people in this world. He says, you are a light. Jesus, he has another I am statement um, in Scripture where he says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. He's like, become like me. Stay connected with me, and I'm going to show you how to do this life and produce much fruit. It's going to look way different from the way this world does it. And there are certain things that are threatening to trap you, and I don't want that to turn off the light in your life. How do I do this, Mike? How do I do this? He says, if you keep my commands. So he's going to tell you a next step of faith. He's going to say, hey, I got something for you. I want you to do this. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have, have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. How do I know his commands? You get in his word. You get in his word. Too often, I want to get into this. 
I want to stay attached to this. I can do both, but my gosh, I got to get in here and know what he's speaking to me. I got to be in prayer and listening to him because he's going to whisper things into my voice. Every now and then I need to fast. Maybe that's what God's calling you to surrender from is like, you know what? I need to set this thing down for a week. Or maybe you have to have it for work. I get it. Some of you guys do. But maybe I'm going to fast from mindless scrolling for the next month. For the next month, no more mindless scrolling. I'll use it for work, for email, when I have to, when I got to make a phone call. Mindless scrolling. I'm just a month. We're just going to make sure that thing is in check. Fasting. Get my focus off of that and onto what God wants me to do. There are certain things. They're, they're great servants, horrible masters. The commands that God gives us, what are his commands? We're going to talk about this next week. They're not hard because he follows up this analogy. He says, you're my friends. You know that? You're not a servant. You're my friend. Here's my command. Love one another. Love those Alamos. Love one another. Can we just do that? Let's not make it hard. Let's not follow a whole bunch of rules. Can we just love one another? He says, when, when you love one another, you're going to produce much fruit. Dear children, dear children, John writes this in, in his letter. He says, let's not merely say that we love each other. Don't just say it. Let's show it. Show the truth by our actions. And that's the gospel. That's what I want to end with today. Jesus comes to earth. He didn't just say it. He didn't just shout it from heaven and say, hey, you guys, clean up your acts. You guys are screwing it up. He didn't point a finger. Jesus shows up. Shows up on earth. Lives a perfect, sinless life. In humility. In humility comes to earth to say, hey, I want to be in relationship with you. Obedient to the Father. And in complete surrender, gives up his life. For you and I. What we're doing in this, hey, you, humbly, I'm not God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obediently follow whatever he does and I'm, or calls me to do. I'm going to surrender my will to his. That's the gospel. That's love. That's what Jesus did and modeled for each and every one of us. When you are humble, when you are surrendered, that brings life. And I think that's what we all want. Much fruit, much life. So can we stand and can we pray? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster. As well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.